are you? Well, hello, Tenny. Who's Teddy? Who's <laughs> Teddy? I'm definitely not. You're definitely not Teddy. I'm definitely Hel- not editing this out. Hello, Tony. For a second there, I was like, oh, let's start it over. No, I'm not. But there's no way. I refuse. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, it would be super easy for me to edit this all out, but I feel like this is authentic, right? This is the spice of life right here. Yeah, so I, I started um, making YouTube videos originally, mm-hmm. and I would like... I'd have a, a video idea in mind, and then I would I would do the video, and I would probably restart it like three or four times, maximum, and then I would just kind of go go into it, and then I started streaming where it's obviously live. There's no redos, and it's usually easier for me. Like when I start a stream up, I'm just like, hey everybody, how's it going? I'm Bill. We're gonna do this today and check this out and just kind of like you, I just go for it. It's very freeing. It's just super kind of free. Rampant. You, and just, you know yeah. that. Well, one, there's there's less likelihood that someone's going to rewatch that. Mm-hmm. So once it's once you've made a mistake or said something stupid, it's kind of gone yeah. for the most part. Yeah. There's vods, obviously, but for the most part, it's gone. But when as soon as I make a YouTube video, it's like, "Hey, baby, buddy, uh, damn it, okay, take delete that." Hi, hi, y'all. It's amazing how hard it is to not sound stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's so like, hard. Like you're like, hey, what is up, everyone? Hey, guys, coming to our show. Thank you so much. And it's just like, why can't I? Why can't I speak like yeah. a human being right now? Like, what is wrong? <laughs> what is happening to me? I'm Will. Wait, no, that's not. I that's don't not go me, by yeah. that. Like, why would I say that yeah. about myself? A lot of like, like I don't listen to a lot of this because I know if I did, I would. I'd have a hard time maintaining like a conversational flow when we. You'd did be a it. lot more critical about mm-hmm. it, yeah. Because even when I was making the intros and stuff, and I'd pre-record intros, it was so hard for me to like lay down like clean intros because I would be so like conscious. Yeah, it, it's like the audible version of where do I put my hands <laughs> from Talladega. Nights. Yeah, totally. But as soon as soon as I get the intro done and I'm like kind of rolling into the video, then it's kind of fine. But it's that initial like. The nerves. It's almost like being at the free throw line, or you know, like yeah. before tip off at a game, where you're like, you kind of you're you're a little bit nervous when the horn goes off, when the whistle blows, then you're kind of you're going for it, and it's fine. Yeah, it's like you. Yeah, it's like you try and bounce that basketball the first time, and it just like runs away from you. And yeah, you're like, what is wrong? What you got to get warmed up. <laughs> yeah, you have to get warmed up. Okay, so how now that now that we're uh, yeah. we're all right here and warm. How was uh, your week, though? A week has been fine. Um, nothing really too exciting. I got a couple of videos up on YouTube, which I have been very pleased with how they turned out. Um, I'm not really into vlogging or the idea of vlogging, but for some reason, uh, aviation, just just um, the act of flying and going on these these small flights, these little trips, kind of lends itself to taking some video and editing it together in kind of a story-ish atmosphere. You're, you're such a vlogger, bro. I know. It's hey, kind of like Mike, don't worry. They're not going to pick you up if, if you don't want to be heard. They can't see you. This is audio. This, this is <laughs> audio only. I just turned it off. Yeah, but no, feel free to do your thing. Yeah, the, that, the guest star right there was... Uh, Mike O Game at Twitch and Twitter, one of our uh, streaming celebrities. Yeah, tech yeah it is, sir. Tech yeah it is. So what about you, Sony? How was how was your week? Uh, my week's been pretty good. Um, other than streaming Paranormal Activity yesterday, <laughs> um, I, I've been feeling uh, pretty good. Work's been really busy. 
um we're kind of trying to make a lot of changes as far as format and how we're we're dealing with some of our promotional material but um yeah i was legitimately terrified of that game so paranormal activity is a vr game yeah that's based off of the movie movie franchise yeah connected to connected to it's not based off. yeah 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 you're right yeah and uh it was really i hate scary games like we played outlast and that scared me a lot um but at least i could like move forward in that game <laughs> like this was like debilitatingly difficult to like interact with it's not it was not good no it's a terrifying just environment like you're just in it and you're just like this is this is really bad <laughs> what, what kind of imagination do you have this might seem like it's off the wall but like what how would you describe your imagination vivid okay i feel like if you have a vivid imagination that vr is a more heightened experience yeah to i you. kind of agree like if you can kind of, i think if you're kind of one of those people that like um if you really like stories right like like i read books and really like visualize them well and like really get engrossed in them and daydream I, daydream um you know, i think of like short stories in my head all the time and like yeah. you know write them down or something so i'm kind of one of those people that's like um eager to kind of embrace the experience right and i think that definitely eases your mind like your mind can accept what is what it's being fed yeah and i i love stupid like stupid fantasy movies, like Aragon, the stupid dragon movie yeah. that looks terrible. <laughs> like those kinds of like stories, I'm just like I'm in. Put it you on. Buy into the yeah. The, put it yeah. on. I'm in. Let's see what happens. Oh no, the dragon! Like I get so you know. So when it comes to like horror and especially this VR horror, I just like I can't help but adopt it like viscerally, and it is so difficult for me. So difficult to get through, and this was terrifying it was terrifying how did you enjoy it i didn't enjoy it i didn't enjoy it but i also did enjoy it i enjoyed not enjoying it if that makes any sense we i think had the same amount i i played a little bit more towards the end when we were kind of you know stuck in a in a rut just hunting around yeah just kind of ro roaming around um but i i had such an uneasy feeling about it and we're video game addicts i would say yeah and I mean, we've all probably had, you know, sleepovers or go to a friend's house to play a game that's a single player game, you know, like, hey, let's go early GTA games. And it's like every death you switch off or, you know, there's there was always some mode of, OK, it's my turn now. I would say despite the genres, me and you are the people in this group that spend the most time inside of games. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, I would I would say so. Probably. Yeah. So we, you know, that, that whole like, okay, it's my turn thing went out the window playing this. It, it was almost like, when can I get out of this? Yeah. And like, who's willing to take up the mantle, right? Dennis was Mr. Tough Guy though, I gotta say. But I bet you he does not have as an active as imagination as we do. And I bet he was <laughs> a little scared. He's, he, I think he probably just played it off. And yeah. Was, you I know. think he like, it's kind of that dad like. I think that's the thing. Like once you're like in dad mode, you've kind of done this thing where it's like, yeah, I'll take care of the snake. Oh, you know, there's I'll a noise kill in the, the kitchen. Rat. I'll yeah, go. There's a noise in the kitchen. I got to go. And you've kind of psyched yourself up so many times that it's just like, I can just kind of play this off. Like yeah. I, it's not, I can't, 
I've already kind of told myself I can't afford to be like paralyzed by these uh, childish fears, right? These 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 obviously not real things. It's a silly game. Yeah, it's a silly game. Or you know, like there's nothing under your bed. You know, like like it's fine. I'll stick my head down there. It's go to sleep. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, your heart rate might go up a little bit still. Yeah. But you got to have a, a you know hardened exterior about it. Yeah, you got to be made of tougher stuff than that. Yeah. Right. To be like a parent, I think. I think that's why parenting is so hard. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So um, that was really like a big moment in the week that was definitely did you have any nightmares about that did you dream about it or have any no thoughts i didn't i'm pretty good at compartmentalizing now i think for a long time that stuff would linger with me for a long time um and i would kind of have nightmares about it i'm pretty good now i think about like at least like dealing with it in the moment i think that's why i get so anxious too now like before i wouldn't get anxious i would just be like oh i would just do it um now I get so anxious about it, but when it happens, it's just like, I'm like, I just do it. Yeah. You know, I just right, kind of right. feel yeah. the feels. Um, I think that's why it gets built up so much, right? Because I know like, oh, I'm just going to have to experience it. Right. But, uh, but yeah, so that was a big part of the week. Uh, another thing is coming on kind of want to touch out when we get into like our news per se. So I'll save that. But one thing I do want to do is read our fan mail. Oh, we got some mail. Mail time. Mail bag. Mail time. Mail time. So this is Tech from... yeah, mail time. Oh. That's our news jingle. Okay, how did it go? Mail time. Mail time. Tech yeah, mail, mail time. time. I tried to harmonize the fifth. <laughs> yeah, there. that was good. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so this one's from Positive Mike. Um, and positive Mike, I think I know who this is. I think it's one of our super fans. Yeah. Uh, he wrote, Hey, Bill and Tony, long time listener, first time emailer. Well, thank you for emailing. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Um, what is one piece of tech you could not live without excluding your smartphone? Keep up the good work. Positive Mike. Uh, Bill, I'll let you take this one first. Well, thank you for that question. Positive Mike. This is a legit email too. Like we checked before the show, like, Hey, do we have any emails? And boom, this hundred percent legit. We did not like nugget. make this up. Yeah. This is beautiful. A uh, piece of tech that I could not <clears throat> live without besides my phone. Um, I I want to say TV, but I could probably live without that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll just go with my computer um, as kind of like a catch-all with TV. I mean, you could obviously watch Netflix or really any TV on there. Um, any specific peripheral or anything? Um. There's not really a peripheral that I think. I mean, if I just had a mouse and a keyboard and a computer, I'd be, I'd be able to, not survive. That's a bit dramatic, but having access to that information. Um, so if you take the cell phone away, to be able to go to a place in your house and have access to, I mean, it's like a library. It would be like you know, in Victoria times, like I don't, you know, you don't have any books anymore. Yeah, I need my books. Yeah. So I, I think access to that information you know not on the phone i would i would want that you know youtube um you know search engines all that information i i could not live without that anything else i think i could live without i can live without sitting on the couch watching you know sitcoms and whatever um you know we've got local sports teams so if i couldn't watch sports on tv i can go um you know if you want to include microwaves maybe i mean i wouldn't say that's probably not in the spirit of the question 
And you could kind of like toaster oven your way by if you right. have a microwave. You know, you yeah. could get toaster it. oven for sure. Toaster oven is solid, man. It's a solid piece of piece maybe of refrigerator. Yeah, refrigerator. I think that there's no substitute for for a fridge. There is no substitute for refrigeration. Um, but I'm kind of with you. I think my my answer would kind of be PC, but I feel like that's such a cop out. It's a pretty obvious answer. But if there is like, there's two pieces to my PC, like not including the tower, like peripherals that are like are standouts for me. One is my mouse. So I have the Zowie FK One Plus, right? And it's a very plain looking black mouse, but it's my favorite. No RGB. No, it's got no light at all. It is, it is the most like function over, over form. So like those OE Dell mouses. It looks like an OE Dell mouse. It literally, <laughs> it is, it is black awesome. with a black wheel and a black cord coming out of it. It's got a little Zowie logo on it, and it's like the. They're very popular amongst like pros and stuff because mm. they're just like no nonsense, no nonsense. Ergonomically, they feel great. It's a little larger. It's very lightweight, um, and it's amazing. I love it. It's a great mouse. I've tried a jillion mice in my life, and this is by far like the mouse for me. I tried them all when I I, I, I went on a mission to buy mice <laughs> like recently because. Um, I'd been using a Razer Death Adder 2013 for the longest time, which I did like. What a great name for anything. Death Adder? The, Death Hatter? Death Adder. Death Adder. Yeah. So the Razer Death Adder. Yeah, 2013. Like We're going to add some death. The OG one. And really, I like that mouse because it was kind of a gaming um, copy of uh, Logitech and Telemouse, the original laser mouse. Like there was the tan one with the yeah. gray. Um, uh, the form was kind of a copy of that form factor uh-huh. with like a high precision laser in it. Um, and these are all kind of iterative, iterative on that, but I love the mouse. Like I found the mouse and I'm like, okay, fine. These are the mice I can buy. There's one other mouse I want to try, but I haven't tried it yet. So I'm not going to say I'd like, is it, it the life subtractor? No, it's, uh, I can't remember what it's called. Death adder. What the hell? It's, uh, Razor's got d- dumb names for all their so equipment, though. It's dumb, but it's kind of funny. Right? The Black Widows, their keyboard. Yeah. That's okay. Um, But the Orb orb Weaver, I think, is their... Orb Weaver. Like a spider orb something. Orb? I don't know. It's like their Those must MMO be fun marketing keyboard. Meetings. I know. They must be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I mean, working for a company like that would be a lot of fun as far as marketing. You're like Corsair. Like everything's pirates and boats and stuff. And you're just like... Yeah. Instead of us, it's so boring. But um, I've worked for the last company I worked for, we had some naming meetings, and it's pretty, it's entertaining. Yeah. It's pretty fun. I mean, you just have a whiteboard and you just throw up anything you can think of and you just kind of narrow it down. And And then I love my monitor. It's a Dell. It's a, I can't, it's it's a 27 something blobla DG. It's the, it's a, you always talk about that thing. It's so great. It's like it was like four hundred and fifty dollars. It's a TN, which panel. is well bought. Yeah, I love it for four fifty for. It's a TN panel. Everyone's like, "Oh, TN! It looks great." You get a little, got to do a little color calibration when you get it. But it's one millisecond, hundred forty four hertz, G Sync, two K. It is so responsive and fast. I have never seen 
I've never like you don't realize how bad ghosting is and screen tearing is mm, until you are finally in a space that is completely absent of it and super snappy. Like I was on uh like um these kind of Korean 2K panels that used to be really popular. Um they were like the original like 2K panels and they're 60 hertz and sometimes you could overclock them. But you know, they had ghosting and and bleed from the light and screen tearing. Like all these things would happen with these monitors cuz they just weren't like designed to be high speed. And switching over this thing, I'm just like, man, this is so good. Forza f- freaking Forza Horizon 4 on that thing with G-Sync at 144 oh, hertz man. is like it is a thing of beauty. Nvidia is so proud of G Sync. They pay they charge so much money for it, but it's so good. It's so good. And I've never used FreeSync, but from what I know, like free G Sync works on an independent chip, right? G Sync's not just some additional load that goes on to Yeah, they tack it on. They, it's actually built into it's the a, panel it's as a, a separate built in independent chip. It runs independent of your video card. Um, it's got to sync up, but it's not taxing your video card, and it works so well. And I've never had someone tell me how amazing their free sync experience was. I've had a lot of opposites yeah. where people tell me how shitty it was or how it yeah. didn't work. But G Sync is it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous, and Forza looks amazing. And so I'm kind of I kind of want to stay in my monitor just because it's it's made gaming so much more uh, fun for me. Okay. I like uh, that. Good, good question. That was a really good email. Yeah, that's a really Mike. good, really good email. Uh, and with that in mind, I want to say, uh, Andy, where's your email? Yeah, we need some. We need some more emails. So if you guys have questions, including Andy, send us an email at techyapodcast at gmail dot com. That's it. And you know, Andy thought he was gonna get a shout out. He got a call out. Yeah, that's what you. You're get. called out. Yeah, and we like we've said before, we will read your email, the entirety of it on the next episode after we receive it. Absolutely. Yeah. Guarantee. Um, you else? send us an email, we will read it. I'm also excited I got to play some Soul Calibur early yesterday. We were all down here and they they were testing it, you know, for their review. Doesn't release until tomorrow. Technically I didn't know that. I didn't know that this was a release. I was behind on that. If anyone could hear this today, I'd be breaking embargo, but they right. won't hear it till Monday. So that's fine. So that's fine. There's also another top secret game in here. Which I was checking out today. Which we really can't say. We really about. can't say anything about, but looks amazing. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I cannot wait. I I haven't seen it. I didn't get a chance to see it. I have heard from you and from others that it is just bonkers. So that's super exciting. Um, but the thing I wanted to talk about today was Google Project Street. Okay, I got accepted to today into Google yesterday one of these days i was accepted into google project stream oh we're gonna have to sit in the dark again (laughs) (laughs) mood lighting all right um so i got accepted into google project stream sorry the lights turned off that's why there was a moment there but um what it is is right now it's only assassin's creed but you can literally open your chrome browser and play assassin's creed in your chrome browser that is amazing. You don't download anything. You don't have to install anything. You plug a controller in. You hit play, and you're playing Assassin's Creed. You save to the cloud. Um, it's in 1080. It looks good. Um, 
How how does it play? I mean, that, that seems like it shouldn't be possible. Oh, it's possible. Does it feel like it shouldn't be possible? Like, is it kind of amazing to you when you're playing it, or is it? It's kind of amazing. Like when okay, I mean, let's put it this way: it's amazing in the fact that you kind of forget that's how you're playing it. Yes, that you know what I mean. Like it sort of feels like oh, this is just a game I have installed. It's just in the Chrome browser, in your Chrome browser, in your Chrome browser. Jesus, full screen. Use whole escape pops out, minimizes into the Chrome browser window. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. So it's it's basically like a video playback, right? So like when you get lag, it doesn't hitch. It reduces quality, like a YouTube video, right? How it gets kind of fuzzy. If you have right. internet connection yeah, issues. Yeah, it just knocks it down resolution. So it does that. Um, I haven't really had that happen at home. Like, it's not really been an issue. Okay. Um, so is it playing? Are you, like, basically remoting into a system I'm basically it? You're basically remoting into a server that's running the game. It's running this instance of the game. Okay, so if there's, a, if there's stutter in it, the game, the, the host game is playing through. So it's it's not... Like a pre-recorded video that's no. like stopping and loading and going no, forward. None of that. Or it, the, the the host game is running soldiers on and getting your inputs. Okay, um, that's what I mean. So like, it's, if there's lag, you don't really lag. Yeah, it just kind of degrades the quality, but you're still everything's still um, transferring. You know, real time. Okay, and um, man, that is super cool. And I really didn't have any issues with the uh, with like the playability. It felt responsive. I mean, it kind of felt like playing a fighting game online. You know, if you ever play like Street Fighter on the internet or something. Yeah. You don't really. it. Maybe it's there. I've never really felt it or felt like it was. In, you couldn't adjust or like. Or it's like you isolated incidents where you're just kind of like, ah, come on. And I never really got that. I just felt used to it. You know, like it didn't. Jeez. It never bothered me. Right. I was never like, oh, this is terrible. I bet if you put them side by side. And I switched back and forth. I could t- figure out which is which eventually. But playing it isolated, this is the first time I played Assassin's, that Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, it felt per- it felt completely playable. And so my question to you is, um, with the new consoles coming out, right? Um, Xbox has already said they want to have a streaming console. They've already kind of announced their streaming service. Uh, PlayStation likely doing something similar. Is this something you're interested in? Would you be on board for the streaming experience, or are you going to be the guy that wants the old way? I I think for console gaming right now, because I feel like I've graduated away from console gaming, that if there's a game that really piqued my interest and there was a low-cost point of entry for whatever game it is, um, like Assassin's Creed, like I had a lot of fun playing Assassin's Creed. It, it's, I don't know if the story is gonna hook me like a Rockstar title might, or you know some other single player experience. But if it was, you know, you've got a subscription and it's ten bucks a month, and you just kind of log in and you pick from a short list of games and you play it, I'd totally be down for that. Yeah, that's kind of how I see it too. Like, you know, Call of Duty, I'd buy and have a home and. Um, cause I want it, it's all online and I don't want to get killed by people that have better, um, frame rates than me or, you know what I mean? Like the, it's kind of competitive. So I'd be, I'd want that kind of premium experience, but you know, if it was God of War and Assassin's Creed single player narrative focused games where, you know, Call of Duty has 
or Call of Duty. Assassin's Creed has like huge dodge windows. Like it's not, you know, you're not gonna. If, yeah, if you're aware, precision. you're not gonna miss the cues, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not know, a game that you really have to be good at. Yeah, not, not, no, not at all, really. Unless maybe there's some challenging content at the end, and you put it on hard, and you're like, oh, this is really tough. But yeah, you're I mean, gonna you, get through. You're gonna get. You're gonna get through it. it. Uh, and so, yeah, it just seems so perfect for games like that, especially if there's like a discounted service, like you're saying, where, yeah, maybe it's 15 bucks a month or 10 bucks a month if you pay for a year. And there's this just this library of games, including new games, and you can play them anywhere. Yeah, and I've, I've heard, we've heard stuff like that before where, you know, the Netflix of games and, you know, that kind of thing. That's That would really be the only way I would be interested in it if it's still full price and you still have to buy it and you still have to get a key and you still got to blah 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 blah. and like that's part of oh you can play it on your browser or you can play it on your phone or something like that um that wouldn't really interest me that much because there's still like a big you know chunk you got to put forward in order to play that if they make the the point of entry really low barrier to entry really low then that would get me into it now I could see if it was like a um like a side feature, right? Like let's say um uh, what's a console game you like? Yeah, Forza. Okay. Let's Forza. So let's say it's Forza, right? And you buy Forza, you have it on your Xbox or whatever you're using at home, or even Windows, right? You're playing it on PC. You buy Forza, you're playing it at home, you're doing really well, and you know, there's all kinds of collectibles and stuff in Forza, signs to break and jumps to hit and stuff. Right. And, you know, you're with your wife and you you guys have to go to your wife's parents' house for the weekend. Right. And because you own Forza and it's on Microsoft and Microsoft offers a streaming service, you can literally boot up your Forza save on their TV with your phone attached to the TV or a tablet docked to the TV and play your Forza game take it with you without taking any hardware with you right oh that gives me a technology boner right like you could (laughs) and you know like yeah i'm not gonna do the crazy races right i'm not gonna do online races with this because it's it's probably not as good and i'm gonna get mad if i lag and i lose an online race but you know i could do collectibles it fits perfectly yeah for that single player collectible or just kind of like like a bethesda game yeah like if you could go to your you know on your lunch hour log in and and you know knock out a couple of missions in your fallout 4 game or you know whatever. from any hardware from any hardware anything with the browser yeah that would be that would be awesome right so i i just i thought it was so exciting right yeah the, just the band the, i mean i do have concerns of the longevity and you know the the potential for it like you you're gonna need bandwidth you're gonna need you know stable internet which you know may or may not be easier or harder to find as we move forward um you know it's no secret that the u.s has the short end of the internet speed stick yeah that's true so you know is that going to get better is that going to get worse i don't know um so that would be that would be my biggest concern is just how what's the future state of of our internet yeah i mean there's challenges but you know to be fair like you can stream Netflix at 720 from your phone pretty much anywhere. You know what I mean? Like Mobile, I think, is more predictable moving forward than Hardline, I would say, right? Yeah, and you can tether... Yeah. Well, 
depending on your carrier, right? You can generally tether, um, and you know I think as as the internet becomes more of a even more ubiquitous than it is, like tethering, they're gonna have to release these. Like, you know, I'm with AT and T; they are monsters as far as tethering and letting you tether, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but they're gonna have to kind of shy away from that, right? Because they're just so. Um, like I can't tether my switch to my phone, my Nintendo Switch, and that that it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a right? Yeah. Um, but um, so it's stuff like that. It's like the business side of it that I think is going to handicap it the most. It's you know the internet access. It's going to be well, you can't use these developers and this system, and Sony doesn't want to be to be involved, and you can't play this type of game, and blah 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 blah. That's going to suck. Because it could, like, there's no reason technologically that it can't work with everything. Yeah. But where it won't work will be for bureaucratic reasons or be for business reasons or legal reasons. Yeah, and it does suck that our internet sucks. Yeah, it does. You know, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. One, our country is gigantic. Two, our internet is the oldest. You know, like, we were, like, the first country with internet. And we still have the same internet. And we still have the same internet. Yeah, it's still the same series of tubes underneath the ground. That's how yeah, the I mean, it's, works, it's not right? really a project you get your country to do twice. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. about time we did. Someone needs to clean out those internet tubes. All right. So what what, what do you got for us, Bill? Well, I have uh, kind of... I, I liked your take, Tony. It's been kind of a weird couple of weeks, technology, news-wise, where it's just like a bunch of bad stuff. Everything seems to be bad, right? Like Intel has their uh, ninth gen CPU, you know, uh, benchmarking crap where they benchmark it against a way underpowered AMD CPU and the 2070, you know, GPUs are crappy and overpriced and all that stuff. So I wanted to focus on the happy side of technology. Happy tech. Um, which you did. Like, I really like that browser. That that idea is happy technology. Um, but uses for technology that I think will help move us forward rather than make us more zombies. And is this going to be related to airplanes? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be related to airplanes. <laughs> but it's, re- it's related to airplanes in only the story, but it's not what I find interesting about it. Um, so there's this company in Texas called, uh, where's their name? It's actually kind of a lame name. Um, Thrust Vector. That sounds lame. Yeah, it's not a very good name. It's just two generic nouns. Um, so Thrust Vector is a company that is, uh, it's a consulting company for um, VR and AR development. So they just work on all types of uh, virtual reality and augmented reality technologies, um, software and hardware-wise. Um, one of the guys is a pilot, so they use the Oculus Go headset, which is the untethered, you know, like the the Samsung Go variant. It just you know it has its own processor on board, and it's got some um, you know light capabilities compared to you know plugging a, an Oculus Rift into your your big bad computer. So what they've done is they they took the Oculus Go and they they set up it's it is a virtual reality it's not augmented because there's no external camera but what it's done is um put you in a kind of like a 3D Google Maps space and it will 
it flies around as you fly around in the plane. So it's you wear the Oculus Go as you're actually flying the airplane. It's like the movie Apache. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you, you're seeing a heads up display, you're seeing information about the airport. Um, it looks like you're floating. So it, it would be, you know, like if you like bumper cam on Forza or something where mm-hmm. you're just, you know, you don't see any, any part of the vehicle. You just see the heads up display and, and where you're facing. So what they, what they're working on is, is augmenting flying with this technology to help with low visibility um, flying to make it safer. All aviation technology is based on um, safety and safety through more information. Yeah, for good reason. Yeah, so the more information that you can give to the pilot quicker and easier, the the safer it's going to be, you know, reducing pilot workload um, and giving them more information at their fingertips. So there's electronic flight bags, which is basically like your iPad that has moving maps and a bunch of data streamed onto it through something called ADSB. Flight bag? Electronic flight bag, yeah. Okay. EF, EFBs is kind of like the the hip acronym for it. But it's basically just you have an iPad with your paper charts that you would have had, but just in digital form with your plane overlaid on it. So it's just it's a way to get more information to the pilot quicker and, and easier. So this when you've removed sight from your flying, um, that obviously makes it very dangerous. So if you're in IMC conditions, um, you can't see out of the airplane, so you're flying IFR. And a lot, if, you know, most most small plane crashes are due to VFR pilots, visual flight rule pilots, flying into IMC conditions. So it's someone that's... IMC. Um, it's like, uh, meteorological conditions where you can't see out of it. It's just, you you got low clouds, you got fog, you can't see there's, you know, there's a bunch of like technical constraints to that. So you have pilots that are, um, skill wise, not equipped to fly with just their instruments. Mm -hmm. Cause there are some pilots that are rated to do that where you do not have to look out the window. And you can fly the plane. I would guess if you fly like 737s or something. Yeah, those guys are all, all instrument rated. Yeah. Um, so you you know, you know, want to have as much visual um, input as you can, but when it's not possible, you got your instruments. So you're taking away a lot of depth. You're taking away a lot of, uh, you know, potential, um, I don't want to say threats, but, you know, you've got traffic, you've got a bunch of stuff out there. Yeah. So if you have this augmented headset that you can throw on, if you, you know, visibility goes to zero, you now have access to a lot more visual information as well as more accurate information uh, regarding your, uh, the management of your plane, the system management of your plane, uh, engine parameters, oil, fuel levels, into, you know, airspeed, all that kind yeah. of stuff that you have to look down into the plane in order to see. This is allowing you to keep your head out of the plane even though it's covered but you know to be able to continue to scan to look to look around in this augmented um fashion so what what was intriguing to me about this is obviously the the aviation portion to it but this is a use for vr technology that will help make the world a better place yeah no it sounds cool um and it's the same thing with with the second story that i have um but augmenting 
augmenting reality with virtual reality in ways that are um, either productive or safe or convenient, mm -hmm. I think is going to help push technologies for guys like us that like it for playtime. Yeah, and I think even, you know, I could see when the technology is a little more advanced and when, you know, the headsets are less cumbersome, right? You know, there's a place for that when you're driving a car, right? If 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 information was real time enough and, you know, it was picking up on if it was smart enough that we could depend on it to know what was around us, you know. Um you know, if you're driving in the rain, it's hard to see. You know yeah, what I mean? If yeah. you're approaching traffic, you don't always know, you know, depth is hard at night. Like I got astigmatism. I could not always tell, you know what right. I mean, how quick I'm coming up on cars. Um so, you know, like um, it is it's amazing kind of how how we'll be able to use that technology to kind of um, protect ourselves and kind of advance ourselves as a species yeah um, it's going to create a business case too to advance the technology itself yeah because right now like the the early adoption of vr it was just like the the hardware wasn't great and the software the implementation wasn't great so it kind of didn't have any place to go there was no driving force it wasn't like dude this hardware is kick ass yeah, yeah you can't play anything yet but dude this is awesome or you know the hardware kind of sucks but dude you got to check out this game like it's just going to blow your mind like it's kind of cumbersome and heavy and blah, blah, blah but this game is badass it's so strange to me that we haven't like i feel like google glass was a good idea for a device right it just wasn't accessible enough right like i feel like if you could have a real a real heads up type ar device like that but it was 99 dollars, right like i think then you would be in a more um you know a place where you could really start to develop like interesting ideas around how to use it yeah right? you gotta like start introducing people to this technology and give them a little bit where where you can show them like okay you, the the capabilities of this headset that you bought for ninety nine dollars is is at you know this level but for you know at the two hundred dollar hardware you can do this piece that they have may may already have imagined they want yeah I mean we look at like cell phones right like the amount of technology google's able to drive just by having cell phones in people's pockets and knowing how traffic's moving and where people are walking and when people are touching what wi-fi hotspots and you know how much of their technology they can build around um just having devices in the world to give them a a feel for like uh, a flow you know yeah and and that, that was the key to that that airplane you know vr stuff is that the other planes need to have you know the ADSB, mm -hmm. um, you know, out to be able to you know to have the other planes spot them, and that's actually they've the FAA has mandated that in 2020. So we will be getting more information from plane to plane, so spotting traffic will be easier with the current technology. But when you augment it with that, um, then you you know it's just like the safety level goes through the roof. Yeah, and your car thing was a perfect example, and uh, Nissan Renault has a version of that where they've got infrared cameras and you know 360 degree cameras and you just put on the vr headset and you have this weird augmented version of the road that you're driving you couple that with some self-driving features where it's going to keep you you know centered on your lane mm -hmm. and now you've got information about the car in front of you how far it is you know closing distances 
directions. You know, you've got now an overlaid augmented, you know, line to follow just like in Forza. I mean, you just think like if these things were smart and, you know, they're mandated in all cars, it's like, you know, you would know that the car in front of you has low tire pressure. You know what I mean? You would know that that they haven't changed their tires in, in you know, 36 months. And uh, maybe their stopping distance in the rain is going to be affected, right? Like, like you know, all of this information as it's available, like, could really, it, it, you know, like, those are the kinds of things that, that really, you know, save lives, right? Like, those are the, those, those are the decisions. Those are the, the, the impulsive things you need to know to, like, really decide, like, how, you know, we all kind of want to push ourselves, especially what we're driving. And I'm sure airplanes are the same way, right? Like, like how much risk can we take, right? How fast can we go, right? I need to make up some time. I've I've been on those commercial flights where it's like, we got to make up time, right? And you are, you know, and yeah, and as yeah. the information is better, and because I think commercial flights have so much information, there's a level of safety involved in that where they're like, we can make up time, right? And as more information is available, you know, I think that opens us up to making up more of that time or they're taking more calculated risks well if if the high national highway system mirrored in any way aviation it we you know so many millions of people's lives would be saved yeah absolutely. it's it's crazy i mean risk management is such a huge part of of aviation and the faa and i am a you know i'm a small government f- give people freedom kind of guy but it is there is like this mandating time period that you have to go through there's a hump that you have to get over that is going to piss a lot of people off and that 2020 time for the adsb for aviation is it's already happening so they've mandated the faa says you need if you're flying within certain areas you your plane needs to have adsb out capabilities and those systems can be thousands and thousands of dollars yeah and because it's been mandated, there have been a lot of, uh, you know, push for advancements in lower cost alternatives that are, you know, not hardwired in where you got like an 11 hour battery life. You suction cup it to your window and you've got all this information now. Um, but a lot of people are pissed that the government is forcing them to do something that they wouldn't have done anywhere or spend money that they, you know, aren't wouldn't want to spend anyway. So there, there's going to be a time where some body, some government body, some agency is going to have to mandate something to make the push for some of those technologies that once it's implemented, once the, you know, the first, you know, the pioneers get over the, you know, the $600 hurdle to get, you know, these ADSB things in or whatever, you know, potential automotive equivalent would be. You'd, you'll forget about it. You'll you'll be like, well, how did we live without this technology? Yeah. Thank God all these cars have it. You know, the guy behind me is, you know, has an elevated heart rate. He's got to be drunk. You know, like yeah. whatever information you have at your disposal. Somebody well, like you. I mean, you have, you know, if you have a depth perception at night. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, or maybe someone's having a medical emergency, right? And, you know, they can hit a button in their car, tell their car, like, I'm having a medical emergency. Everybody around them knows now. You know what I mean? Like, like people can react to the information that's happening and be provided that information instead of just kind of guessing why the guy in front of him swerving or, or calling him an asshole. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's funny. Like, uh, I was on Twitter today, like, you know, and everyone on Twitter's 
terrible. Pissed and off at something. Pissed off at something and arguing politics. And someone said, you know, like, it all comes down to, like, whether you think you deserve personal freedom or whether the government should make those decisions for you, right? And it's easy to say that, but really it all comes down to whether you think your neighbor should have personal freedom or the government should make decisions for him, right? Because we all believe we should have personal freedom, right? But none of us think our neighbor should, right? right? Like, that's where, yeah, you know, that's where it really turns into, like, how much do you value, like, people's personal expression of their freedom, right? Because are you willing to let everybody have it? Yeah. Because um, not everybody is. Not everybody that wants it is, right? And so at some level, like, you know, of course we need regulation. Of course we need um, to make the smart decisions that benefit all of us. Um, all right. What was your uh, what was your next hot so, take? So the, so the next one is definitely not a hot take. No, but it's the hottest take. It's it's a similar. Um, this is this about airplanes again? It's about airplanes again. Mother. But again, it's not. But we can go. It's just the, the springboard. This, guy, this airplane guy. This is a springboard. I swear to God. When never, I s- all right. Word to the to the <laughs> listeners out there: Never do a podcast with an airplane guy. All right. So you just we won't shut up about it. But I I promise you that this will is very lightly about airplanes what is that joke how do you know how do you know your friend or your podcast co-host flies an airplane so he won't <laughs> shut up about he'll, it he'll tell you yeah he'll tell you about it <laughs> all right so this this is um is a this is interesting on a couple levels so the bbc the the british broadcasting company on the company? british the british broadcasting corporation is it corporate it's not company it can't be company right it can't be company but i don't know what it is yeah what the hell is the british for? broadcasting channel channel british broadcasting email chaps. us if you know what the c stands for email us at techiepodcast@gmail.com they're british i think i know what the c stands for and yeah. i'm not willing to say me it me neither sir <laughs> <laughs> all right so the bbc made a vr game and it's mm-hmm. on Steam, and it's free. Is it called Paranormal Activity? Nah, no. Again, do not play that game. No, ever. You will die. Um, so the new BBC VR film flies you to Berlin at the height of the Second World War. So this is called 1943 Berlin Blitz. And it is, it's based on a, a radio um, report done in World War II where this reporter goes on to a... Um, a Mitchell bomber is it a Mitchell? Oh, one, one of the old radio talkies, huh? Yeah. Hey there, now we're now up in the air, <laughs> looking at looking over the British countryside as we fly over to Germany. Yeah, flying over the fields of Normandy, <laughs> coming to you live from I don't know. It's quite looking. loud up here. We are now crossing the British Channel. <laughs> are you Terrence and Philip? Are you a British? That's uh, that is that they go a little bit too Terrence and Philip. Yeah. I work on my Mid Atlantic uh, dialect a little bit. Um, so it's a it's a Lancaster bomber for whatever that's worth. Um, so this this is from a an article from the BBC. Uh, let's see. It says uh, the Lancaster was the most successful heavy bomber employed by the RAF Royal Air Force in World War II, which they spell out too. That is weird. Um, and along with the Spitfire, became something of a British icon in the wake of the war. More than seven thousand of these planes were built, flying upwards of one hundred fifty thousand sorties. So it goes through, you know, some other, um, you know, it's a hundred year anniversary of the RAF and blah, 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 blah. So basically there was this radio report. The reporter goes into this Lancaster bomber and records the whole flight. The, the chatter between the, the bombardier and the pilot and the co-pilot and the engineer, everyone's talking. So, and you can listen to this as well. You can just type in, you know, BBC, 
bomber radio thing. And it's it's very, very interesting. They're very calm. They have they're they're intercepted by some German fighters. They shoot them down. They're like, you know, good shots, chaps. You know, and it's just like it's jolly good show. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very bizarre how calm they are. And I mean, these are kids, too, which is something important to remember. But um, die Nazi scum. Yeah. Die you Nazi scum. We're coming for you. <laughs> This is fun. So fun. So they they cut it up. It's not the full length of the flight, but they go, you know, like two hours later and, you know, they're over Berlin and you get the spotlights waving back and forth and the flak starts shooting up and, you know, hitting the the hull and all this kind of stuff. Um, And it's playing the the recording from the the newscast. Um, So you have the real-life audio with this digital representation of the bomber and it's a very, very good version of this bomber, very detailed um, you know, when you think of, of open world games and, you know, even the paranormal activity, how much detail was in that. Mm-hmm. Now imagine this, you know, just a bomber. You, you They're able to spend some time on getting the details right. So it's this very, very comprehensive, very interesting um, recounting of this event in VR. And you're in it. It's not a game. You're not interacting with anything. You can walk around, so you can go stand next to the pilot. You can look at the gauges. You can see what altitude they're at, what speed they're at. Everything is just kind of modeled and and simulated in there, and you can walk up to it and look at it. So theoretically, you can go through this short film in varying views, and you can Mm -hmm. be looking at the left side. You can look at the right, front nose, whatever. And it got me thinking, just like the augmented reality in the airplane, such, like, if, if... if you if I could press a button and have all of the AAA developers working on something like this, where <laughs> where you've got World War II footage, you've got the Titanic sinking, which they do have a Titanic VR thing, and it's from what I haven't played it, but from what I've heard, it's not great. Um, you've got uh, you know the space the you know Apollo mission experience, which I haven't seen really too much in that. I know it exists, but you have all of these historical um, I mean, even going back further, but I'm just talking about things where they have real life recordings or things, you know, where they can get it even more accurate that you can relive in a way that, um, is educational. Mm-hmm. Like we were just talking about at the beginning of the episode about VR and having an imagination and being able, having our brains buying into the fact that we're in this haunted house and this stuff is real. Don't talk about that. It's scary in here. It's dark. It's really dark. So imagine now you're a 13 year old in a history class, and you put on a VR headset, and you're, you know, you're you're learning about World War II, and now you're in the battle that you're learning about, and you're able to look at the faces of the guys, or or hear the voices of the pilot, and you know the shakiness in his voice, or get a feel for what it was like to be in the, you know, on the Titanic as it's sinking. Um, or, you know, the Hindenburg. What was it like to be on the ground when the Hindenburg blew up? And you could do Magic School Bus, but your friend wouldn't have to swallow you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but it really, like, when I when I heard this story about this, this VR experience, this Berlin Blitz thing, I got so, I got, like, this warm feeling in my gut where I was just like, this, this makes me so excited for what is just down the road. Yeah, the no, it is exciting. And it's not games. It's not you know uh, loot boxes or personal data or any of that crap. It's using the technology that we have right now 
to broaden our minds, to learn about history, and experience it in a way that no one has since it happened. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I think it is the edutainment angle, right? Because I don't think it's just going to be kids in schools that want to try it. Definitely not. I think it's going to be everyone's going to want to try it. Absolutely. Just like, you know, just like adults go to museums, right? Just like, you know, any of this. Think if... Think if you went to a museum, right? Or you didn't even need to go to the museum, but think if you could see, you know, the the these paintings of masters, right? But see them, you know, in their original state where they were hung, you know, or or you know, view the Sistine Chapel and it's perfect, but it's like um, you know, it's in the Renaissance, right? And everyone's dressed around you and interacting and and drinking drunk on wine and, you know, <laughs> pooping in the streets or whatever people did back then right like um there's definitely um there's definitely going to be a lot of these kind of uh edutainment experiences i think that we can get to and just like even beyond edutainment just experiences that we can have um that that vr will facilitate that i think could really be incredible things right just incredible things and um you know i i really I'm really eager for the technology of VR to to take its next step, right? I really think that, you know, monitors as we know them today on computers are going to um, become a thing that only you only use at work, right? And when you're at home, you wear a VR headset and everything is in, in some level VR, right? Where, you know, even if you're playing a non-VR game, right, you're going to play Assassin's Creed, right? Yep. Well, you're still looking at the same angle, but it's, you know, ultra high uh, FOV because you got a headset on and you can look around and you can, you know, and you can kind of move within that 3D space. But, you know, you still play it like you normally would with a controller looking at the back of your guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and airplanes, too. And I mean, airplanes. <laughs> everything. Everything. Right? Yeah. You everything. can be on an airplane and have your 70 inch TV. Yeah. Every, everywhere. And it's. And, you know, getting the form factor smaller, it's amazing. It's amazing to me with the advancements in cell phones that they have not found a good way to make um, to make a small form factor headset. Like the Google Daydream, I think, is a good um, step in that direction. Is that what's called Daydream, the Google? Uh, yeah, the one you I were just, so. the one they use on the airplane? Oh, o- Oculus Go. Oculus Go. Yeah. Google has a version too. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I think those are steps in the right direction, you know? Um but it's like they need to be more compact, closer to the face, uh, easier to carry. Um, but I think we're getting there. I think as we get like super tight to that, like, like I said, like I said with Google and like you know everyone owning a cell phone. Once everyone owns these things and it's just ubiquitous and part of like owning a TV, um, the possibilities are like endless for what they'll do. Right? It's so exciting. What? Going back into history, what would be one event that you would want to relive in VR? One event I'd want to relive in VR. Um, the day you were conceived. <laughs> no one wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I would want to see... Oh, what would I want to see? That's really hard. Um, the moon landing. From the moon. From the moon. Like I want to be on the moon and watch them come down. That would be pretty sweet. And step off. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard that space experience one is pretty good. We gotta. We gotta get Mike to. I have two, but you know, like, 
I'm talking like next level, like right. And that's kind of where where this this BBC thing where it was. This is the most detailed digital model of that airplane. Yeah, it's not you know some cartoony looking guy walking around and it looks fake and you're just kind of like it's a approximation of it. I'm talking like next gen triple A title graphical fidelity. You know, like this the textures are crazy. Mm-hmm. It looks freaking real. What about the sighting of the Declaration of Independence? Yeah, dude, that's what I'm talking about. It's all that kind of shit where where we were. You know, 10 plus years ago, imagine like if I had a time machine, where would you go back? We can actually do it and trick our brains into thinking that we're standing there watching these guys sign the Declaration of Independence. Who's that gives me who's goosebumps. Who's not? Just, yeah, what is reality, Exactly. Right? What is reality? Our brains were so convinced that we were in a haunted house yesterday. That Stop talking <laughs> about it, please. No, imagine, imagine being on the deck of the Titanic as it's hitting that iceberg, what if just you died? And then you you die because like your brain's like, oh no, yeah, because uh, Kate, whatever her name is, doesn't want to scoot Share over the, on the door. The door is so big. <laughs> the door is freaking huge. Move over. Yeah, like she. That chick is something else. Yeah, that's a no, that's a whole other podcast episode. That's a whole other part. <laughs> yeah, we should do ti- Titanic deconstructed, right? Because yeah. that movie's so weird, and she is. Something else in that movie, but but it's a good example of like a historical event that everyone's kind of about. You know, like everyone's at some point been interested in the Titanic. Yeah, there's a lot you know, of curiosity, around curiosity it. around it, and and reliving, and that's why that movie, you know, part of the reason why that movie did so well. But I mean, you've got there a digital recreation of the Titanic that is absolutely gorgeous. There's no way with the technology now that that can't be put into a simulation that now How you can this? walk around. How about this? Around. All right. Absent of history, and I know you got to get out of here, so we'll wrap up in just a sec. But absent of like the historical context, right? Would you feel like you needed, let's say, a race car if virtual reality was to the level where you felt like you could, you know, drive the hills of of Italy in a in a in a uh, Alpha? You know what not, I mean? Not, I mean, some if of it those really ex- felt real. Yeah, some of those experiences, no, not really, and they're. Yeah, a lot like, would of, I need a supermodel wife <laughs> if I could have a virtual one? Now we're getting into Ready Player One, <laughs> you know, level kind of. But stuff. that's what it is, right? It totally is. And the way our brains work, our animal freaking brains work, is prop. No, probably not. I mean, there's things that are missing from that experience that you can't recreate. That we can't recreate yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get there. We will get there. But yeah, no, not not really. I mean, I know, I know so many older guys that can no longer fly a plane because of medical or you know costs or whatever i you know may have touched on this before just regarding simulations yes, in general you know, you know about planes but <laughs> but yeah you're taking something now that people have done in the past and can't do and you're giving it you know they can scratch that itch now there's def there's no question that we're going to get to a point where that's the case. And there's no limit on like no limit whatsoever. What those could be. But just the educational side of it where you can relive and have a greater appreciation for what some of our, you know, you know, ancestors went through. Um, you know, what it was like in the 70s, you know, the the Apollo missions. What 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 was it like to watch that thing shoot off from Cape Canaveral? What was it like to be Neil Armstrong sitting in there? I mean, we could, like think like it could get to such like a personal level, right? Where it's like you could see, you could have like your grandkids 
like experience sitting with you watching the moon landing on television right like here's what it was here's the memory here is like what this was like to be in this era and watch a black and white television and and experience this thing and like the joyfulness and like the energy right because i think you know as much as watching these things is amazing i think the energy around experiences is also like such a big such a big part of them right the context and like the the you know like seeing how excited people you know like that's why when you watch a wedding tape it looks stupid when you're at a wedding it's a powerful thing you know what i mean like like it is though right like yeah like i've never cried watching a wedding tape but i've cried at a wedding you know what i mean like because it's something powerful about being with a group of people and like seeing that experience and like realizing it's like a big deal and you know this guy's dot right like well think about just home movies setting up a samsung 360 in the middle of some room and you just record it and you go back you're you can replay that in vr yeah like, it's like you know when you watch a facebook of some old man getting a puppy and crying you're like oh my god like, you know what i mean like when you see it for real and you yeah. see the reaction yeah it's so much more impactful yeah okay with that we gotta go because i'm keeping you too long i told you i'd get out get you out of here on time and i promise to do that and my clock says it's one minute from that time um but bill where can uh, all our friends out here find you you can find me at youtube.com slash b-i-l-l for l-e or twitch.tv slash the same b-i-l-l for l-e and i am the tone face killer real spooky very october like t-o-n-e-f-a-c-e-k-i-l-l-a-h on twitch and twitter um you can always email us at tech yeah podcast at gmail.com um and please uh if you get a chance tell a friend um uh, you can find us on itunes any android podcast app will find it will have us if they're worth their salt uh spotify uh i don't know you can go youtube it auto publishes too anywhere if you, if you want to find us we're there so tell your friends have them tell their friends then they'll tell their friends and then we're the biggest podcast in the world. Yeah, we want to get to the point where we literally cannot read every email that we get. And if you see us on the street, <laughs> don't look at me. Not right? in don't the face. Look Do not look me in the eye. Do not look Do me not, in the you eye. You can look at my shoes and say you like the show. Don't you dare look me in the eye. <laughs> and with that, I love you guys. Bill, it's been great. It's been great, Tone. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Love you.